Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. Our desire is to help people understand God's intention for their life. We hope wherever you're listening, you are blessed by this week's message. Good morning, Life Church. If you're not already standing, I invite you to stand right now. Go ahead and lift your hands. Worship is still happening even though the song ended. Go ahead and release some praise and worship and adoration unto your Father from your lips. He wants to hear from you. And right now is your time to do that. Hallelujah. God, we bless you. We thank you. We appreciate you. We honor you. And I believe, people of God, this morning that as we release praise, God is giving us joy for morning. As we release praise, He's giving us joy for heaviness. Many of us have been in mourning and we didn't even realize that we've been mourning and God wants to give us joy for our mourning. Mourning? What do you mean mourning? Yes. Many of us have been mourning plans that had to change because of the pandemic. Many of us are mourning a lack of normalcy, the lack of routine. So it might not be a loved one, but it might be the fact that you're in the middle of transition and you're mourning the way your life used to be. But God wants to give you a renewed sense of joy and purpose this morning. Go ahead and just take a moment to receive that. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for renewing our joy today. Yes, there is freedom available to you from every form of bondage, including self-imposed bondage. Amen. Receive it now in Jesus name. You know, there's a lyric from the song that the praise team just ministered that I believe God really wants us to get rooted in our spirits. This is the lyric. Show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. I believe that today, after this message, you'll have more clarity on what the heart of God is for you. He is going to lead us all in love for ourselves, but also for those around us. Amen. I'm excited because this morning, I believe that God is going to break the chains of the identity crisis that some of us have found ourselves battling with on the road to intimacy with Christ. Identity crisis, oh yeah, we're gonna dig into it today. And so today's sermon is titled, Who's Your Daddy? Identity Issues. Now I realize that in asking a question like that, who's your daddy, for some people it immediately stirs up strife. It immediately stirs up discomfort because maybe you don't know who your earthly father is and that's okay. Maybe you have a tumultuous relationship with your earthly father and that's a fact for a lot of people and that's okay. And maybe you had your father around and he was just absent and that's okay because God is going to renew your sense of sonship through our relationship with Christ Jesus today. Let's talk about what identity even is. Identity is defined as the qualities, beliefs, personality, looks, and even expression that makes up who you are. So when a person finds themselves in identity crisis, it's because what has rooted them has been uprooted or it has changed suddenly. So there's a period of uncertainty or confusion that you're now facing with regard 
to your sense of identity. There's insecurity and your self, your sense of self feels unstable for whatever reason. So let me help you make that plain. What does identity crisis look like for the Christian? Let me help you. Identity crisis can look like this. I love Jesus, but I'm struggling with pornography. I'm newly saved and I'm trying to live for Christ, but the people who've known me my whole life, they're still holding me to who I've always been and not fully embracing who I'm becoming. And so I'm torn between my old self and who I'm becoming. Identity crisis can look like this. I gave my life to Christ, but sometimes, let's be honest, a lot of times I'm struggling with my own internal thoughts. So today we rebuke every thought that is not secure in Christ. We take every thought captive. We rebuke double-mindedness. We rebuke insecurity and we receive a refreshing of our identity in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So let's dive right in. Number one, we got the definition. We know what identity is. We know what identity crisis is. Let's dive right in. Des destiny shaping prayers are rooted in clear identity in Christ. It is really hard to pray a prayer that shapes your destiny if you don't know who you are. It's real simple, right? If we don't fully believe that we belong to him, it's hard to ask to receive anything, right? We won't fully accept the access that we have to all of the divine resource around us because we're not fully adopted in our minds. We're not fully sons of God because we feel like the things that we struggle with kind of pull us out of his presence, although he says in his word, nothing can separate you from his love, from his presence. So we gotta get rooted today. And this, this is real in the natural. Imagine, imagine you were born into poverty. And at some point along your life, you discovered that you were actually a royal heir. And it was kept like a secret from you or something like that. And so you came up upon this discovery and you still made the decision to kind of just live a regular mediocre life. It's the same thing in the spirit. You've come into knowledge. You've come into an intellectual understanding that you have this access, but you're so comfortable in what's familiar that you're not tapping into it. You're not accessing it. And it's something that God wants you to break free from today. You have access, you are a son of God, and you can pray destiny shaping prayers and know that heaven is hearing you and responding to you. Yeah. Amen. Amen. When we have unresolved issues with our earthly situation, and I'm specifically talking about like our caretakers or our parents, this oftentimes really impacts how we see God as father, right? So just take this statistic for example, and this is a real statistic by the way. The US Census Bureau notes that 19.7 million children, that's more than one out of four live in fatherless homes. So the majority live 
in fatherless homes. Consequently, there's something called the father factor that we can trace as it relates to like the social ills in our society. So you can look at the teen pregnancy statistic and then see a correlation between fatherlessness and the home. You can look at drug abuse and drug use and then tie a direct correlation to fatherlessness in the home. You can look at even mental health struggles and see a direct correlation to fatherlessness in the home. And so the reality is that a lot of people are walking around battling fatherlessness or they're battling this void created by fatherlessness. And so we refer to God as our father, our heavenly father. And you're like, all right, but what's that supposed to look like? Cause I don't know. And because you don't know, because you don't have experience in a very natural sense, you're challenged to receive God as your father. And I want to tell you today that God wants to break the chains of your preconceived notions of what a father is supposed to be based on your experience. Hallelujah. He's doing it right now. Some people have literally just had an aha moment like, wait, you mean to tell me that this whole time, the reason why I've been struggling to trust God is because I don't trust my dad. And for some of you, it's not your dad, it's your mom or both of your parents together. It, 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 it's not necessarily about whether or not they were in the home. They could have been in the home with you, right? You could have had both parents and still struggle with a parental void because maybe they were just so focused on survival and building a life for your family that they didn't necessarily have time to nurture you. They didn't have time. They were just trying to survive. And so you still have voids that you're trying to fill or you're still trying to understand what a nurturer looks like because you never had one. And I'm telling you, God wants to fill that void for you today. You're like that kid who grew up in poverty and discovered that they were royalty but didn't know what to do with it. So you either squander it or you just resort back to what's familiar. Your concept of love and identity might be warped based on what you experienced. So I want to direct you to John chapter one, verse 12 today. And it says this, those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, not of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. So I want you to make this very clear declaration with me today. Regardless of the circumstances of my birth, regardless of my upbringing, I am now born of God and I receive God as my father. He is a good father and he's meeting every every need I could possibly have. Satan, in your best Maury voice, Satan, you are not the father, okay? In your best Maury voice, I know you've seen that show, you know the reference, it's all good, we've all seen it. You are not the father. Come on, take a second, get your swaggiest swag on, put some authority, put some bass in that voice and say it with me. Satan, you are not the father. I am not accepting your lies about me anymore. Only the truth that comes from Christ Jesus. The truth is I belong to Jesus and I'm taking on more of his nature every day. 
This is a declaration that you can resort to anytime your mind starts to kind of swirl around and backtrack. This is the reality that I want you to remind yourself of because God wants to answer your prayers, but you also need to pray those prayers with a sense of authority, knowing that you belong to him. Your identity is clear in Christ. Amen. Number two, I hope you're writing these down. You are not subject to your past. You are not subject to generational curses because you are a new creation in Christ. I didn't make that up. That's what the Bible says. Okay. Sometimes I feel that we don't pray destiny shaping prayers because we're so busy rehearsing things that we've always heard. Or even worse, we're rehearsing things that we've always said. What does that look like? Oh, I'm so clumsy. Are you? Or did you just have a clumsy moment? Oh, I can't think clearly. Is that true? Or are you just trying to watch TV, read a book, and be on your phone at the same time? <laughs> I mean, let's be real with one another. Are you the things that you're rehearsing or are you a child of God? Like I think choosy this day who you're going to be. You're not subject to even the thing that you said about yourself this morning. Change your language. Change your language. God is going to give some of you guys new language today. I know sometimes that it's a challenge to see yourself in a new way because your refreshed spirit still lives in your old body. So you've known this your whole life. Meanwhile, your spirit is being renewed and being refreshed by God daily. And so you might even feel subject to memories. It might not be something that somebody said recently or something you said to yourself this morning, yeah. but it might be the memory of something old that's trying to tug on you and pull you back that's from Satan. Okay. A memory is just a memory and you have the authority to speak to those things too. You can take your thoughts and hold them captive. Yeah. You don't have to be subject to bad memories of who you used to be, what you used to do, what somebody did to you, who hurt you, who lied to you. You're not subject to that. You're subject to what God says about you. And God says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. God says you're the head and not the tail. God says you are above and not beneath. God says, you belong to me. So you can shut down every thought and hold it captive. The Bible literally tells us that we can do this. Second Corinthians 10 verse five says, we are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. We are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Now, this scripture is specifically speaking to the external chatter that can come from others. But I want to let you know today that because you are a child of God, you have the authority to even take your internal talk, your internal thoughts and put them under subjection and ask yourself, okay, do these thoughts align with what God says about me? Okay. Yes or no. Do I feel condemned by these thoughts or do I feel empowered? These are questions that you can ask yourself on a consistent basis to check 
what's going on in that mind of yours. You have power in you to transform the narrative every day, moment by moment. But again, like that kid who was born into poverty and discovered that they were royalty, will you accept the resource that you have or will you kind of just stay where you're at because it's comfortable? Will you accept the thoughts that are coming? Like, oh, well, I, I, you know, it's a thought. I'm gonna think about it. Or will you hold the thought captive and say, you know what, I know that's not God. I know the enemy is trying to give me a, a suggestion to make me feel insecure in this moment. I know the enemy wants me to question the path that I'm on, but I'm only going to be subject to what God thinks of me. These are decisions that we have to make moment by moment. Remember, you have the authority to shift your thoughts and you have the authority to align your speech with what God says and thinks about you. All right. Number three, destiny shaping prayers are praying God's heart for your life. And so I hear this question, how do I pray God's heart for my life if I don't know his heart towards me? How? Well, here's the answer. How do you get to know God's heart for you? You have to spend time with him. I could never know anybody's heart without investing time into the relationship and nurture a sense of vulnerability, transparency, and openness, right? It's virtually impossible to do. But when you spend time with God and shut out all of the other voices, you will hear his heart. He is such a good father. Like, imagine... Imagine you have a child. I can speak to this because I do have children, but for those of you who don't, imagine you have a child and you have it within your power to give your child what they need, not just what they want, but everything that they need. And you'd be like, nah, you good, you straight. I'm not gonna give you what you need. That's wickedness and we're not wicked, right? So if we could think to do that, how much more God? How much more God? So just take some time, shut out the noise. He wants to pour into you. He wants to speak into your life. He wants to speak into your heart. Talk to him, just like I'm talking to you right now. But here's the major key, leave room for him to respond. Have you ever gotten into those modes of prayer where you're like, yes, Father God, thank you, Father God, hallelujah, Father God, and it's just like, I'm here. You don't have to keep calling my name like that. Can you imagine talking to your friend like that? Hey, Sherelle, yeah, Sherelle, yeah, you know, what's up, Sherelle? Like, that's not annoying, low key. I mean, I'm just, maybe that's just my preference. But think about it. Talk to God just like you're talking and having a conversation with someone else. There's ebb and flow. He's going to respond if you create room for him to do that. So what does that look like? Sometimes it's literally just being still and allowing your, your heart and your ears to really be open to what he's saying. Sometimes it's just a whisper that you hear within yourself that confirms something that you've been feeling and been thinking about anyway. And you know it's not God because you're not smart enough on your own to come up with that, right? Let's be real. Have you ever asked God a question like, yo, I really need to figure this out. I'm stuck here, man, I need a strategy. And then something starts to come to you as you quiet yourself yeah. and you realize, okay, God, that's you. Cause I'm, I'm smart, but I'm not that smart. Right. Give him room, give him space. 
talk to him and create room for him to talk back to you because he wants to. And I promise you, he will. He's not going to leave you hanging. The second way to get to know God's heart for your life, you have to spend time in his word. There's really no way around it. God's word is really like his love letter to us. It is his heart in written form. Some could refer to it as such. So if you want to know his heart for you, you got to read his word. And if you're the type of person that struggles with, all right, well, KJV is not really my vibe, fam. <laughs> check out other versions. Like you got the message, you got the new living translation, you got the NASB. There's so many versions that you can find that speak your language. I like the message because it's a little gully. <laughs> um, it's very straightforward and I'm a very straightforward person. So I like that. I like the, the NASB version as well. Those are kind of my go-tos. I'll go back and forth between those two, but find a version that makes sense for you. Nobody wants to, you know, speak to you in a language that you don't understand. And we're very well aware of the fact that the thuses and vows might not be your flavor, but God wants to talk to you and his heart is in his word. You will be able to pray destiny shaping prayers when you're praying the word of God over your life. Hallelujah. First Corinthians two verse 12 says this. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. Jump down to verse 16. It says this. We have the mind of Christ. You can pray the heart of God for your life because you have the mind of Christ. The spirit of God is in you. His heart is in you already. Just got to release it. You got to let it out. You got to spend time with him, spend time in his word, rehearse the word, speak the word, pray the word over your life. He puts his word. The word says, I put the word even above my name. He's not going to deny his word. You know the word, you'll know his heart. It really is that simple. Is it that simple? Yes, it really is that simple. And I, I realize as I'm sharing that some of these may sound like very amateur, simple truths, or this is, this is beginner Christianity, Melissa. Well, if that was the case, then you wouldn't be struggling with some of the things that you're struggling with. The fact is that these are simple truths, but they're not applied. Right. So let's get our application together. Let's actually set aside time to spend with God. I, I remember a time in my life where I was just hungry for him. I wanted to know him better. And so what I started to do was because I was broke and I couldn't tithe money. I started to tithe my time because I believed that that was a biblical practice. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, all right, it's 24 hours in a day. God, two hours and 40 minutes of my day. It's me and you, regardless of what that is. I could be journaling. I could be reading. I could be singing. It doesn't matter what is happening during that time as long as I'm giving it to you. What are you doing with your 24 hours? No, really take inventory and ask yourself, man, would I be struggling with X, Y, and Z the same way if I was really spending time with God? And I, this is not a moment for guilt or condemnation. There's no condemnation because you're in Christ Jesus. It's just a moment to be reflective. Is God trying to speak into your situation, but you're not really giving him room to do so? If you want to see your prayer life increase, schedule your prayer time. 
If you want to see your life transform, just like with any other discipline, you have to make it a discipline. I've never seen anybody lose weight by accident unless something was wrong. Like there was a hormonal issue, there was a thyroid issue, like something was wrong. People don't lose weight by accident. People don't get fit by accident. There's an intentional decision that's made to say, I'm going to set aside this time, I'm going to eat this way, and I'm going to practice these disciplines until I see a transformation in life. I'm not sure why we feel like things that we do in the natural don't also apply in the spirit. If you want to see transformation in your spiritual life, in your relationship with Christ, apply these disciplines. Make it a priority in your schedule. And maybe, just maybe, there's something that God has already been talking to you about removing from your schedule so that you can make time for him. I don't have no time. I barely get to sleep. I sleep like two hours every night. It's grind, grind, grind. I'm hustling. To do what? Don't you know that grace can take you further than your hustle? Don't you know that one strategy from God can take you further than years worth of lack of sleep because you're grinding and hustling and learning and his presence, his presence is the answer to destiny shaping prayers. I believe that with everything I have in me you will be able to pray God's heart for your life and you will know that God is hearing you. How do I know? It's in the book. First Peter chapter three, verse 12 says, for the eyes of the Lord are towards the righteous and his ears attend to their prayer. So just say this with me. The eyes of the Lord are towards me and he hears my prayer. Every time that you're about to spend time with God, the eyes of the Lord are towards me. Every moment that you're starting to have doubts and feel like, yo, does God see me? The eyes of the Lord are towards me and he hears my prayers. These are declarations that we can rehearse. You're trying to build up your spirit, man. You're just like that boy that was born into poverty. You're accessing the divine resource that you have by tapping it in, by tapping into the word and applying it by applying it, by disciplining yourself, by speaking to your thoughts, you will be able to pray destiny shaping prayers. Maybe a destiny shaping prayer for you is Lord, Help me to see myself the way you see me because I'm tired of seeing myself based on everybody else's standards. Maybe that transformation changes the trajectory of your life. Maybe a destiny shaping prayer for you is asking God how he wants you to parent your children so that you're not just doing what you think is right, but you're doing what he's told you to do to produce the outcome that he preordained for the children that he gave you to steward. That's a destiny shaping prayer. How about this? Maybe a destiny shaping prayer is literally as simple as asking God to remove all the unforgiveness that's in your heart that's causing you to stumble in your relationships. beyond your relationships, how about just freedom? How about just being free? God wants you to be free today. And God wants you to be able to pray prayers that shift the trajectory of not just your life, but the generations that are gonna come out of you too. 
whether you're in your living room, your bedroom, even if you're on the beach this morning, I want you to make this declaration with me right now with confidence, okay? I can pray destiny-shaping prayers because God is my Father and the creative power that He used to speak the world into existence lives in me. He's filling me with His heart for me and for those around me. I want to give you a moment to pray some destiny-shaping prayers for yourself right now. Go ahead and take a few seconds and just receive the affirmation and validation of God over your life. You're not who you used to be. You're not even subject to whatever your last name is. The question is, who's the daddy? God is the daddy. God is the father. All right. God is going to transform your life through the prayers that you pray as a result of you knowing his heart for you and for those around you. If you're watching right now and you're yearning for deeper intimacy with God, and maybe you've never accepted Jesus into your life, I want you to just kind of take a second and pray this prayer with me and know that God is here for you. Jesus, I receive you into my heart. I believe that you died and you rose so that I could have access to eternal life, but also an abundant one right here on earth. Thank you for saving me and making me new in you. Lead me and I will follow. I want you to know that if you prayed that prayer, he's with you and he's already beginning the transformation process in your life. Your life is changing because you now, like that young man, might have been born into whatever situation, but now you have access to divine resource. You have access to a loving father who is here to meet every need and even speak to every want that you have in your heart. Thank you, God. I want you to know that our prayer teams are standing by. We have private Zoom rooms so you can get one-on-one -on -one prayer today if you desire it. And I want you to go with confidence into this new week. I want you to get a notebook and start writing down these destiny shaping prayers. Why write them down? Because I want you to be able to look back at them and remind yourself of what God is doing. Believe by faith that as you write it, he's answering. He's drawing you closer to himself and you are going to change the world, not just your own life and not just the lives of people around you. You're gonna change the world because you belong to God and he is working in your life to perfect you, to bring you joy, to bring you peace, to bring you clarity. And this world needs all of that. You're going to have an awesome week. Be blessed in Jesus name. If God is changing your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. You can give through our website at www.nylifechurch.com and click on the gift tab. Thank you for listening and remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this. Go and live a purpose-driven life.